Welcome to the fourth part podcast, where Masons can meet to discuss Freemasonry, life, and the world around them. The opinions of the participants are their own and do not represent any Grand Lodge stance or opinion. And now here are your hosts, Worshipful Brother Matthew Andrew Sales, a.k.a. The Grumpiest Past Master, and Brother Daniel Massiana, a.k.a. The OG Daniel Son. Welcome to the Fourth Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Matthew Andrew Sales, past master and current secretary of Babylon Lodge number 793. And with me is my co-host, Brother Daniel Marciana, current senior warden, Babylon Lodge 793. So we're finally here. A lot of anticipation. Me and you have talked about this a lot over the years. We got ourselves a nice little setup here. I love your gavel, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't <laughs> tell you where it was made, but... <laughs> Thing is impressive. <laughs> um, we've we've talked about doing this for a few years now. You know, we we we've we've spent a lot of hours after lodge talking just about anything. You well, know, at what point do you feel that you feel that we were like, all right, we can we could probably do this on film. Well, that's one of the things that kind of brought me and kept me in masonry was the conversation before I was even introduced into the craft a lot of the guys who were current masons whether it was at work or in the public you know that conversation was what was happening and it wasn't about people it was about things of substance and lessons like I always walked away from a conversation with a mason full and it's things that you know I've learn and held true and just continue to put into practice what about you exactly when when i first started in the lodge you know i was just a typical let me just learn some ritual you know not want to stand in front of everybody and speak um but that's kind of grown on me through the years being able to speak in front of people and be comfortable with presenting my thoughts and opinions and something that kind of grew on me was the fact that in a Masonic Lodge there is that level of comfort where the brothers want you to do well and that helps a lot absolutely I mean again like how many times after Lodge we sit we talk whether it's about how to improve the inner workings of the Lodge or how to improve ourselves, uh, even like, you know, wise counsel, it, it goes a long way. And it's nice knowing that you can lean on a brother, give him a call, you know, whether you're, it's a large night prior or after, and just ask those questions. I mean, it's like going to the gym, and I would use this reference. The members are the workout equipment, you know. You, you, you got to use them. You got to talk to them. You got to have those conversations. I mean, it goes, it goes a long way. That's true. You know, the one thing that a lot of people say when they're speaking in front of a lodge is that, oh, man, I'm so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And they get really nervous. And that's actually brings us to the title of our first episode, Um Masonic Conduct. Right. And kind of pointing out what, what is a major 
I don't want to say mistake, mm -hmm. but someone who's not used to public speaking, what do they do that basically happens across the board, no matter who you are? And that's filling that silence. Right. I mean, even looking, looking perfect, everybody wants to look perfect. Everybody wants to sound perfect. But, um, that, that thought, pro I just said it, um, that thought process, um, the stopping to think you have to kind of embrace it and embrace the silence but how we fill up space is our brand right so to pause and be comfortable in that silence is essentially you know you're building the confidence up you're saying there's an okay um process there's an okay there's an acceptance where you know what he's thinking let's see and it builds anticipation right so you have to kind of hone that and right. sometimes people fill it with a curse. Sometimes they, they say, um, right. You know, what are some of the things you do? Uh, um is a big one. That's probably the biggest one I've ever heard when it came to people speaking publicly. Mm -hmm. But like you said, some people curse. And sometimes it's frowned upon. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not considered good etiquette. But, you know, let's be honest. I'd rather somebody be themselves then try to polish themselves past the point that you can't tell who they are. It's got to be a good mix because right. you can even use that as a attention grabber, right? Say something of substance or if somebody's uptight, you know, some comedic relief. It, it goes a long way. Exactly. But you have to be disciplined because it's a, it's a monster to kind of hone. Exactly. You, know? you can't be throwing around... Uh, curse words nonstop. F bombs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, we're all <laughs> listen. We're from New York. Mm -hmm. New Yorkers are very uh, well versed on how right. to use curses in their, you know, in their language when they talk. There's some pretty creative ways I've, <laughs> I've heard the yeah, uh, right. the F word used, but I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, what do they say? Some of measurement, right? A unit, right. unit of measurement, right? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, the, I think the biggest thing when people when people speak, they're afraid of the silence, which is a very it's a very hard thing to get over. That that pause for you to try to gather your thoughts for a second, and we live in a very fast paced world where everything's now, 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 quick, 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 and people feel that they need to fill that silence with something when they can end up losing the message they're trying to convey because I feel that that silence sometimes is necessary for the person who's listening to process it. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta kind of, again, build anticipation. And I mean, it, it comes down to even sometimes over explaining yourself because you felt like you didn't get your message through. So when clarifying that message or saying it different or sounding educated and articulating words, you pause and the um or hmm, you know, even hmm, that's that's like how the Greek philosophers used to do hmm, you know, put their arm. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a genius move. But I think we again, how how do you fill up space, whether it's physically? Or, or improving the silence? Oof, that's a tough one. You know, maybe preparation beforehand. You know, I feel sometimes people don't take the time 
to fully educate themselves on a subject, unless it's just a random conversation. But if they're in if they're in lodge, you know, maybe they hastily put together their speech and didn't take the time to really read it and try to understand it. Because I feel like sometimes it could happen where you throw together a speech and your heart's not really in it and it sometimes could get a little away from you and you need to just kind of, you're just trying to spit it out as quick as you can because, again, people are, they get nervous and they speed up and there's no inflection, there's no, the timing mm -hmm. isn't there. Well, the the art, the art of grabbing attention, I feel we've we've come away from that. And reading. Half the people, you ask them if they read a book. And oh, yeah, I listen to audio books. It's not the same because it's not your brand. However that person is speaking, you tend to kind of emulate that. But when you're reading, you're reading it in your voice, right? And, of course, you're going to improve your brand. But there's a certain flavor that's Matthew Andrew Sales, right, or Daniel Marciana. Or anybody, any any of these great speakers, but that's the thing that set them apart was it was unique, it was yours. So you know, to get back to reading and also the discipline of a sentence. Look how far we've gotten away with that, LOLs and stuff like that. I mean Right, just truncating everything we do to get it out right as fast as we can. But I feel like an LOL is is literally the text message version of um like yeah, i feel like yeah. sometimes and I'm, I'm guilty of it myself sometimes you're just let me fill that space with something i need to have some sort of response where it's just lol and maybe you weren't laughing you know yes yeah, like I, lol yeah because you felt you just felt like there needed to be something there and i feel like that's like the digital that's the digital um Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just, you know, finding perfection in the imperfection. And if if it's something you say a lot, something you see, I just I, I, I normally would have said it is. Um, but because it's conscious now, it's awkward. Right. Right. And it actually it's a speed bump with the actual message that you're going to deliver. So it makes it unorthodox. But it, again, if you make it conscious and then also say, hey. Oh man, I say I'm um, a lot. I'm trying to get out of that habit. Right. It happens. <laughs> exactly. And you give you give the other person if you don't ever give them a break, if there's not mm -hmm. like a beat. Someone someone who's maybe not as strong of a personality, if you're a very strong personality type of person, they they might feel like I can't I can't get I can't get a word in. I can't I can't get yeah. my thought in or it could even maybe even come off of I don't think this person cares what I have to say in referencing what the um or if if you're constantly speaking mm -hmm. and this is where I think me and you are are, are good at it we, we don't tend to talk over each other too much mm -hmm. but there's enough of a pause in our in our speech when we talk to each other that mm -hmm. if someone wants to you know, jump in with a little bit of a thought or a lane, Of course. And that's that's an art in itself, you know, when you can create a safe environment for somebody to be expressive or express what they have to say or even just just including somebody. You know, a lot of times when we're talking, it's around five. We're having a conversation with five or six different people yeah. at the, and it's the same conversation. So 
um, even even in saying, repeating what somebody just said, just to kind of give them that reassurance of, hey, listen, you were heard. And it, it keeps the, the conversation progressing. You know, you don't have those so much of an um. And, and sometimes that um is like, hey, tag, I'm tagging you in. Help me out. Right. It, it, could, it could be a call for help, too. It could be like, oh, boy. I, I dug myself down in this rabbit hole so deep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I, I lost where I was going with this. You know, yeah. give me a little kickstart back on on track. What about like uh, so, in more modern times when somebody's talking to you and you really don't even want to talk to them? You're like, yeah, that's crazy. Or, oh wow. Oh okay. Wow. Like after three or four of them, it's all right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I gotta pick up apples or something at the supermarket. <laughs> Right, I gotta go change my muffler fluid in my car. Sorry, you know I gotta get out. Of, I gotta get out of here. So that kind of that'll kind of bring us to what I wanted to talk to you about, and kind of try to explain to people what this podcast is. What What do you think, or what do you want out of this podcast? Um, um, right. So I, let me, let me make a clarified a little bit there, right. I guess we, we've talked about doing podcasts mm -hmm. for a long time and now we're finally doing it. Mm -hmm. What What is your, what is your vision so, outside of what we, we've always kind of just jabbed about it a little bit here and there. What, what's like your vision of what we should do with this? Well, again, to be a Mason in Lodge is always emphasized on, but I feel like you don't really give it enough attention on what it's like to be a Mason inside the real world or out in, on the outside of the real world, right? Um, in the workplace, to be a Masonic husband, a father. Um, and and this is kind of that, that type of exposure where, hey, you have real world things that happen or character building, um, uh, you know, being disciplined in the real world, just how you walk your your walk of life essentially as a Mason, because that's that's what it is. It's a it's a journey of discipline and constant trying to catch excellence, right? Trying to better yourself day by day, and then hopefully when it's all said and done, you look back and you said, "Wow, I did it right." Yeah. So, I mean, um, I'm passing it to you. <laughs> what do you what What are your goals? I've, I've always been interested in the fact that we can have a conversation, you and I, mm -hmm. unscripted and unfiltered, and we're always straight up with each other. And we don't sugarcoat anything. No. So for me, it'd be nice to show – me and you work a lot. Right. You know, we still find time for Lodge and our families, and we work a lot. Absolutely. You know, but we, we had a lot of conversations about what we've seen out in the world mm -hmm. and how we're able to apply that, that Masonic, those Masonic teachings. Right. right? The, the different walks of life. Right. Big you know? on history and big on Masonic history. So if, you know, what, what brought you to Masonry? Let's go, let's go that way. What initially your first exposure to Freemasonry. What was it? So uh, both my grandfathers were Masons. Excellent. Um, my father wasn't. 
who's very busy working, you know, me and the family. And he just, he said he just never uh, found the time. You know, he's retired now, so hopefully he'll find some time to join join the lodge. Uh, it was always something that interested me. Mm-hmm. You know, something that could be this old. Was it was it the his- historical aspect of it? Was it the character building aspect of it? Constant, you know, shedding light on, hey, listen, this is a journey about becoming better and better and better. Was it the historical side? Like, what are some of the things, bef- like, maybe uh, explain to me what your grandfather was like. Well, my mother's father, mm-hmm. I never got to meet. Mm-hmm. Passed away when my mom was younger. Uh, just lots of stories mm-hmm. from my mother about him. Yeah, and she probably spoke about him with like this glow, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said he was a great, great man. And my father's father, I was young mm-hmm. when he passed away. But I remember him always, you know, my father just like him. Always keeping busy, always working. Right. You know, always had some project going on. Restoring uh, Model A, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. That's one thing that I always admired about the uh, the older honorable uh, gentlemen, especially, you know, you hear about Masons and who was a Mason. But that consciousness of, hey, I'm walking through life, I'm, I'm living life, but the legacy that I'm leaving behind, right? I'm carving an avenue. I'm leaving the next generation with a clean last name um, and, and a reputation that goes with it. Because there's, there's been times where I've been offered some opportunity because, oh, you're Alex is my father's name, but you're Alex's uh, son. And I'm going to look out for you because at one point he did that for me. So I'm sure you've experienced that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, um, the, but the, what, the one thing other than, you know, having family ties, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I love history. Amen. You know, love history. And when I was younger, you know, before I joined the lodge, it didn't really fully grasp like what esoteric mm-hmm. what esoteric meant and you know that type of thing the philosophical part behind it you know and I ended up finding my love for philosophy and esoteric teachings and you know symbolism and f- philosophy right it's something we use l- loosely that word but what what is philosophy to you uh, the philosophy to me... This is raw, raw yeah. footage right now. So the philosophy <laughs> to me is being able to step out of yourself mm-hmm. and observe your world. Mm-hmm. That's how I view philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at the world, trying to take yourself out of your own personal lens for a mm-hmm. second and trying to look at the world through... A different right. lens right. than what you're used to looking at. Not, not how you've been carved by life and its experiences. Like to take a step back reasonably, not emotionally, but logically. I agree. I agree. And so many historical figures, you know, have, have done that. And I guess, you know, what, what kind of builds philosophy is um, the, the constant... Um, facing of um, conflict, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would think. So, you know, conflict forces you to do that because especially co- over and over the same type of conflict. Like, hey, I'm doing something wrong. Um, I got I to gotta change it up, you know? Right. What do you think? Uh, what builds philosophy? What's, what's one of the main ingredients 
that you get philosophy from? That's a hard one. That's deep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, oh man, that's, to talk about where philosophy actually originates from, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's from the ability from, for a man to say, if I'm going to teach other generations mm-hmm. of men or women mm-hmm. about the world, I need to, in any way possible, look at things that will carry on mm-hmm. through history. Because perceptions, biases, you know, social norms, what's accepted in society change through the years. And they knew this thousands of years ago. Yeah. You know, what, what was acceptable during Plato's time, you know, I'm sure in history, they had written history then, you know, what was a few hundred years before, you know, just how we live today. Mm-hmm. What's socially acceptable now, 25, 30 years ago, wasn't. But philosophy should be a a universal outlook on life that can be applied through the ages. Right. Like, even just in, in bare essence, right? Just making pleasure out of pain. Um, so, certain people like, hey, listen, uh, you know, other people have it worse. That in, in its barest form, that's philosophy, right? Right. What's your philosophy, uh, you know? You know, uh, help me out here. Some, 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 what type of philosophy do you face in the morning or do you use in the morning to kind of get yourself going when you're having a hard day? In the morning, if you're, oh man, again, that's, that's hard. It's probably mostly subconscious. Mm -hmm. So to say that I actually sat and really thought about it, to think about it now, Mm -hmm. if I'm having a rough morning and it's nice outside you know it's something as simple and it sounds silly but mm-hmm. you know you you just you're happy you're there alive mm-hmm. right there's so many there's so many other people in the world that are hurting or people that are living mm-hmm. in countries that are difficult to live in maybe right and you can always tell yourself things could be a lot worse that's yeah that's philosophy i i mean even just you saying it, and that's one of the best things about conversation when you're having, you know, good conversation is you can have an idea and as you're asking the question, somebody else is speaking and you're like, oh, wait, that just popped in, right? So you're, you, a lot of times you're giving the advice that you, in fact, need. So just in you saying that, I'm like, okay, philosophy is just being aware of where your subconscious is at the moment in time, right? And then, you know, some people have a negative philosophy. There's different subjects of philosophy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, yeah, just that whole thing is somebody will say, hey, how's your day going? And you'll say, hey, as long as God woke me up, I can handle the rest. I've heard that many times from, from people. And that's a philosophy I've adopted. And it helps me get through the day and also be a positive light for, for people around me. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like people sometimes get stuck in this loop of, man, you know, I I need a sign. Like, I've heard people say, it's like, I'm having a bad day. I just, you know, I it's need a, a rut, sign. Especially nowadays. It's, it's a rut. Yeah, it's a rut. Um, but in masonry, 
we have our symbols, mm-hmm. you know, ritual, our ritual. And which when when we say ritual for people who aren't masons, getting up and brushing your teeth in the morning is a ritual. So it's right. a it's a something that's done repetitively um, that has some type of significance. Right. It doesn't have to be <laughs> this uh, spooky, creepy thing that right. people think it is. It's it's something that has been done for hundreds of years mm-hmm. or even longer that ha- that carry a meaning. Yeah. And it's it's noteworthy of not changing it. And that's what the ritual is, is that, like you said, getting up, brush your teeth in the morning. It's something that you just do mm-hmm. for a reason. To accomplish a goal, right. Accomplish a goal and you don't change it because that goal actually has a purpose. Yeah, and it, and, it ha- and it has a it has a significance in in everyday life, and that's what masonry has its ritual for. It's meant to teach certain things to people, so they can utilize that stuff in their daily lives. Yeah, and also the just the discipline in doing that, right? Getting up, going to the gym. Um, that's a ritual. Certain people hold it tight; other people are a little bit loose. But the end result. Of the, the the discipline of that ritual enhances the experience, and not only that, but it's a it's a more fulfilling experience. So you're not only seeing the results, but feeling the results. And in in masonry, that discipline, I think, is one of the emphasis is is that is that a word? Emphasis or emphasis? You're asking me. I was a math major in college, oh, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll make it a word today. Emphasis. Emphasis. Of the um Masonic. Yeah. <laughs> but right, emphasis. Right. So, okay, so we'll move on to... W- Since we have our ritual, mm-hmm. and why do you think sometimes lodges have slightly fading attendance at regular meetings? Is there a specific thing that you could think of? I'll tell you mine after I ask yours, mm-hmm. but what do you think's missing from a Masonic Lodge that, or something that maybe we do too often, um, that, that hurts attendance? If if we're able to try to take out, if we're able to try to take out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, social issues, you know, uh, I think the economy being, you right. know, not the greatest, maybe people need to work extra. You know, and taking out your normal family, normal family stuff that that pops up with people. I'm talking in general. I mean, life life gets in the way. That's life gets in the way of anything. You know, I used to watch baseball all the time. I can't. Life got in the way. But masonry offers a different type of um, experience. It's a self building experience, and I think what hurts lodge attendance, and I can only speak for. Suffolk district because that's, I've never traveled outside of that. Right. Um, I've been a Mason since 2014. I'm not a new guy essentially, but compared to our membership, I am a new guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got, but we've got some guys who got some time in. I think the, the questions again, asking the newer members, what are you trying to get into in out of this? What are you trying to get out of this? And what did you see coming into? Where were you disappointed in? the experience how are we failing right and that'll take care of some of the 
information on how to make it better. But I think also just challenging the members. A lot of times we're scared to scare new guys away. And right. the, just holding them accountable and say, hey, you know, you came here not wanting to see what we can do for you, but what you can do for us. And that goes a long way because holding the membership accountable, challenging men to do things, whether it's making themselves uncomfortable in a way where you're into new learning experience, right? Um, speaking in front of a crowd was something I was never really good at. And it, it I don't want to say it frightened me, but it was definitely an uncomfortable experience. But after I did it so often in front of the brotherhood, it helped me out in the real world. It helped me out in my career. And it helped me out in also making somebody who was publicly speaking feel comfortable because I was on that spot. Do you feel like that... I've heard the, 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 the method or the tactic that some people have done in launches is say, give the brothers a job. And they'll, yeah, and they'll come around. make it yours. And I've heard, if you want someone to feel involved, give them give them something to talk about. That that could be enormously terrifying to some people right. to speak. And I mean to speak in front of people. And I know and I know lodges have done. You know we have public speaking classes mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know, but maybe they should start off with saying. You don't have to stand in front of me and give a speech. You know, we can just give you this little part of the ritual. That yeah, could be that'll your public, definitely go a long way. That'll right. give you that'll be your public speaking. Is you know you have a few lines, in, in the ritual, you know, or you know what? Just why don't you try this little piece mm -hmm. of the opening and the closing? You know, something like that. Right. And that'll get the it kick started. But so. My my view is that sometimes there there are a few different people that join mm -hmm. masonry. You've got brothers that are into the symbolism, the philosophy, the esoteric nature of it. Mm -hmm. You've got brothers that are all in about charity work and giving back to the community. And you've got brothers that are just about the fellowship. You know, some time out of the house, have some fellowship, meet some nice guys, have a good time, you know, have family parties to come to. Right. And we have to try to find something that appeals to all of those at the same time. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes lodges neglect one or the other or maybe two of the three. I mean, I'm just sure there's some other categories, but a well-rounded lodge in my humble opinion, is something kind of touch on each one of those to give those different brothers reasons why they join. Right. I mean, even yet, you know, we get a group of members that come in every once in a while, you know, two years, one year. Some some lodges get, you know, sometimes six or seven brothers joining in that year. And you're kind of like me and you came in at the same time. And we've always been close because you kind of went through the quarries if you will and you, you, your masonic journey was very similar to mine um so to to even if the individual is scared to i don't want to say scared but it's kind of like a recluse right he doesn't mm -hmm. like the attention but putting him in a group with his fellow brothers that came in at the same time 
they can go through it as a group and then kind of feed off and you can see certain people's strong points because not everybody's ready just to just jump into ritual no, and certain absolutely people, not. they, they kind of want to disappear and they're fine sitting in the northeast corner of the lodge you yeah know? yeah have you ever asked anybody you know that maybe hasn't been around mm-hmm. in a while like uh what brings you back or what what made you you know, what made you, and, and really tried to get that answer out of them. Besides, and, um, and listen, I, I believe my brothers, what they yeah, say, you know, right. family or family. But, you know, it's probably, you know, family or work and 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 maybe mm-hmm. something else that happened. Well, I, I believe if there's something you want to do, you're going to make time for it. And, again, if a brother kind of doesn't show up as often, I think it's something is lacking in the experience that he was looking for and he didn't get. Mm-hmm. So again, I think again, asking these brothers before and after right. once they first join and Hey, how, what do you think that can make it better? Cause I've seen, I've seen guys, you know, having had that question asked to them and they didn't like the answer and they never showed back up. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen guys talk about silly things and, um, the art of having, having a conversation for many people isn't, you know, as strong. So yeah. they get discouraged because they can't really articulate their thoughts. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, you, you say something and it triggers a nerve and you get into these little conversations about pyramids and who built the pyramids. And then the next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute. I thought <laughs> yeah, these guys had the answers. down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You end right. up, that sounds right. like our conversations right. where all of a sudden people walking by us are like, He's, yeah, what are, what are these two guys about? talking about? Right. Like, you know, but they didn't, you know, they didn't hear the the whole two thing, hours yeah. before that, you right. know, that, which kind of, again, brings us back to what we're looking at mm-hmm. in this podcast. I think the format we should stick with and we'll see where it goes. There's, you know, quite a different, different ways we can go. I think let's just try to have this to be every episode just becomes one long conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll just roll it and roll brand. with it. Yeah. yeah, and we'll just roll with it and see where it goes, and uh, eventually we'll be able to take some suggestions. Absolutely, TikTok or Instagram. People want to throw some. I talk about this or whatever. Let's. Yeah, I mean, even like uh, I know you had spoken to some of the uh, other brothers, some of the more seasoned veterans in the craft, and I think given a voice like we had spoken before, you you actually were first to bring it up. Um, we have members in this lodge that are 92 years old. Yeah. You know, 75 years old, 60 years old. To give those brothers a voice. They speak so to much. us. I mean, I'm 34. How old are you? I'll be, I'll be 37 in like a couple of weeks. We're the, the meat and potatoes right now. Of masonry. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, hearing some, some of the older brothers speak sometimes, we all, we all lose sight sometimes. Sometimes... You, you love your job for 20 years and then you get that one year where it's just like, oh man, I'm tired. You know, it right. happens with masonry. It happens with everything. Right. But there's certain things that happen where you're like, ah, oh, this is why I do this. Whether it's a good yeah. degree. Yeah. There's so much that I've seen blood in the lodge too. Like new, new, and I shouldn't say that for the conspiracy theorists out there, but <laughs> you get a member who's really. We got to get ourselves a tinfoil hat prop. <laughs> for the yeah. Altar. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, some of the new brothers that are really gung ho 
about it. And they've just been through very um, tough times in their life. And you see what this does for them, whether it's, you know, understanding their purpose or what they can offer. I, I shouldn't say uh, their purpose, but what they can offer to a system, to an environment, to society, you know. I think it's 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 very important to also just be conscious of that, you know. If if you're in lodge, just look around, see who's who's um how how the lodge is functioning, right? We have round tables downstairs in our coalition room. And there's been times where we put the round tables away and we put the long tables out, like almost like a tavern style. Yeah. And you just watch the brothers and how they interact, you know, space to catch up a certain way where the guy's got to say, hey, excuse me, can you pass me that? Oh, by the way, where you're from, I've never seen you here before. Right. Pushing the brothers together. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you stick them in the lodge right. room. Uh, we did that in uh, my year, too, mm-hmm. where I was like, you know what? Enough, enough of the separate round tables. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna set this yeah, up. Yeah, it's clicky. Right, we're gonna and it's and unintentionally. It's not like it's these nah, brothers like I don't want to hang out. It's, you know, it's just you have a table that fits eight around it, and you end up with you know ten tables, you know, with right. you know people spread out all over the place. You know, a couple guys hanging out by the bar, or a couple guys talking in the kitchen, and then you know everyone's spread out. No one's yeah. spending that that time to have that conversation with each other. Some and, people don't want to talk. You know, but but you know sometimes and you need that push. This is oh, this is this is kind of where I've I've said this to brothers mm-hmm. about lodge. I get right. I like get coming to lodge is tiring, right? I get you. We work a lot. We work a lot in this day and age. We commute. You know, at least in New York, you get you know most people work. Enter around the city if you live mm-hmm. out in Long Island like we do. You got to commute, get on the train, drive a car, you know, or you live upstate in Jersey, you got to go to the city. Right. You Life know, a lot, of the, right, like, a lot of the Life metropolitan there is, I mean, if you live in a rural area too, like if, if you're working on a farm, you know, right. or if you're a construction worker, you know, it's long hours. Mm-hmm. And it can get, it can get exhausting coming to Lodge. Uh, we specifically in, in New York and mm-hmm. our particular Lodge, we meet you know, twice a month, Yeah. you know, September through June with a couple exceptions here and there. And brothers have said like, oh my God, like, and I've, I'm guilty of it myself. I've, I've felt, you know, I worked a crazy day at work. Mm-hmm. Traffic was insane coming home, you know, and you've got your, you got your family. If you've got a family at home or you're just tired in general, and then you get home and you're like, oh my God, I got to take a shower. I got to put a suit on. And I gotta go drive the lodge. I, I, I could definitely see that. But I've also, I, I must say that those are the days where, for me, I find it easier to come to lodge because you go. Let's just say you go to the bar. You had a rough day. You go to the bar, right? You sit next to somebody. Hey, how you doing, so and so? I'm all right. Um, so man, how was your day? Oh, it was rough, man. I, you know, I had this, this, and that happen. And then first thing out of the other guy is. Oh, yeah, me too. But he had it way worse than you, right? Even though it might not have been, but it was way worse. Right. When you come to Lodge, you have more of a, hey, brother, how's it going? Oh, okay. Hey, when I'm feeling like that, this, right? It's a more helping environment or offering, like, more mental peace, right? Mm -hmm. You feel heard. It's not a competition thing. Right. Not that it should be. 
or it, you know, it was at the bar. Because when I hear something like that, I'm just like, ah, whatever, bro. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry to hear that, you know. But, um, and not even that I'm open like that anyway. But, you know, when you come to Lodge, generally people are trying to, you know, kick game to you. They're trying to help you out. They're trying to say. Right, they're checking in on right, you. They, they genuinely in. feel. Genuinely care. Right. So, and, and I guess this conversation I've had sometimes with younger masons, mm -hmm. masons that are newer to the craft. You've been in the craft for 25 years. You get it. Mm -hmm. So I try to tell guys, sometimes when you're, you don't want to go, mm -hmm. right? I don't, I don't, I mean, some, you could have a great lodge. You could have a lodge. that's a ton of fun and it's always got a ton of stuff going on. But mm -hmm. again, you work all day, you got a family, you know, whatever. And Let's take the, the aspect of you going to Lodge. Let's, we're just going to assume that you going to Lodge doesn't affect your home life at all. Your wife's okay with it. Kids, it fits into the, your life. You're not neglecting them in any way, shape, or form. And But you're just you're just drained from the day. Yeah. And you're like, I don't... Tired. God, I gotta, yeah, I got to get Overtime. Into, I got to get into a suit. I got to drag, you know... God knows how far you live from your lodge. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're driving back the direction you just came past to right. go home. But I've told guys, I've told guys this. Mm. I've felt that feeling quite a bit. It's happened, mm. you know. And some of the best nights that I've had, the most fun or the most enlightening. When you didn't want to go. Are the nights, <laughs> yeah, the nights that, that I forced myself. True, right. Right. Not leaving any on, not leaving anything on the table at home, mm -hmm. right? Not worrying about like, oh, I gotta cut the lawn. Oh, I gotta, you know, not everything's right. taken care of. Ser serendipity, right? Something like that. Yeah, and I forced my power through it. You know, dragged myself to the building. Well, and got in through, got into those doors to collation, and immediately welcomed. Everyone's, you know. Was it happy to see you? Like just how how brothers are with each other. Was it the the absence of expectations that gave you that experience? Because it's just like, man, it was a rough day. Let me just get this over with, you know. And there was no expectations, and it was just you kind of flowed with the energy. What do you so think? in in the beginning before I was an officer, mm -hmm. there wasn't this level of obligation okay that you know i, I so felt you know. obligated as in i wanted to see certain people but there wasn't this like i have something i need to get done here yeah it's like a job sometimes yeah this there you know that's that's why it's important i feel for lodges to get their brothers involved it could be so small right and Give them something to do. There might even be that little bit of. I gotta, I gotta get there because this is my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it can work both ways too. Right, you don't want to overwhelm them. Yeah, because like because oh, they're like, man, oh god, they're just dumping stuff on me. Because right. that the lodges are, lodges can be guilty of that sometimes too. They just right. they put they ask too much of too little of people. Right, they some ask, people rise. There's and a small oh yeah, yeah but they can. And they could end up expiring people right. too, but the, it could also happen where you're you ask too much out of the too small of a group. Mm -hmm. I feel, and then you fatigue you burn out, right? you, they you burn fatigue out. that group. 
into it. But I, yeah. like I've said, it's it's for me. It was those days that I've dragged myself there. Mm-hmm. It was some of the best nights that I've yeah, had in Lodge. I can agree. That's happened to me a bunch of times. You know, a lot of times I come home, I'm two hours sleep, and I'm like, oh man, got to shave, got to shower. I got five minutes to get into this tuxedo and <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then you get there late and, oh, here we go. It's late again. Like, if you only know. Right. Don't play with me. I'll leave right now. They may break. They may, <laughs> they, we may bust jobs. I got to do this ritual. It. Your brothers right. will understand. It. <laughs> right, right, right. They'll right. understand it. Right. Now, uh, it's it's important, though. But, the, again, I think nobody asks you to come here, you know? Yeah. Nobody. It's, and I think that's where we come far away from the discipline again because you made an obligation. Nobody asked you to come here. Right. You asked one to be one. You see it on the lapel pins. <laughs> you asked, right? So um, you, you got to put in the work. You made the commitment, and you have to honor your commitment. And it doesn't matter, man, woman, anything, non-binary. You make an, a commitment. You got you to gotta follow through, you know? Yeah. Or you, you lose that value in your word. Right. It's, it's, uh, people nowadays, sometimes Mm -hmm. they can, they can throw it around their word Mm -hmm. and people don't realize how important being able to rely on somebody can be, that can be, you know, being able to say, so heavy. it's, it's kind of like its own lost art, right? I feel like sometimes people, they, You want to under-promise and over-deliver. Oh, that's big. I like then, that. Then over-promise and that's, under-deliver. That's a highlight. That's a highlight. <laughs> yeah. You always want to under-promise and over-deliver. Right, Because yeah. then they don't feel like they're, I'm breaking my word. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want to, and it's not a giving yourself an out. It, it's... Managing expectations. Well, also intention. Intention because a lot of times people over-deliver with the wanting of something back, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, hey, if I do this for this guy, he's got this connect, that connect, right? Networking is a big part of masonry. Yeah. But that (laughs) that shouldn't be your motive. And I see that too. You know, a lot of guys, they come into Lodge and, they promise, 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 promise with this expectation of, you know, but like you, you, you just started watering the tree and you're trying to pick the fruit already. You know, there's got to be mm-hmm. longevity. There's got to be understanding. And the intention should just be to give without the receiving, right? Let karma right. play a part. Um, let the let the natural process of goodwill fall into your lap, mm-hmm. right? The kismet is right there. Serendipity. Those words, they mean stuff. Look them up. <laughs> yeah, we tend to uh, we tend to pick our words yeah. and our symbols for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into that, I think, next episode. Yeah. We'll dive into that. Language and the meanings of words. Right. Yeah. Instead of using the um, use... Ali Ali Oxen Free. I don't know. <laughs> Abracadabra. 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 Let it be known, right? Yes. Something like that. 
<laughs> we'll be careful. We'll end up uh, diving into things we right. didn't have and done research on. But I am proud of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm proud of the fact that we can have these conversations and we don't script anything. We may we may say, hey, let's let's just start with this, and we'll just go from there. But me and you, we don't we've never we don't write stuff down. No, I mean I, mean, I write stuff down now because I'm the secretary of the lodge. Right. But I just write down the important stuff. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I think because we value the the hard times because we know you're gonna get something out of it, right? Your 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 greatest team player is actually your greatest opponent, right? Because it brings out another side of you that a lot of times you didn't know existed. Um, we talk about some of the greatest sports franchises. Mm-hmm. They were that great because they overcame their rival, right? Right. Competition. The competition within yourself to overachieve and beat yourself. To be your, your own greatest opponent is, is a big thing. But, again, I think because we value us not being ready and say, hey, what happens? Let me throw myself in this uncomfortable situation and see how I come out. Mm-hmm. And then it's a feather in the cap. Because when you see another brother struggle, you say, hey, listen, I was there. And this, 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 and that. And what got me started, the first step wasn't the actual step. It was the the thought process, the philosophy of, hey, listen, we're going to make this work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think we're going to we'll go for today. Yeah. And... We'll continue this conversation on our next episode. So, it's always a pleasure. And you look great. You look great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Spoiler alert: I'm going to be wearing the same suit in the next episode because yeah, we're going to film it part right two, now. right? This is part two. Part yeah. two. I like it. Yeah, we're such busy people, so I people know. don't think like, "Oh man, these guys never wash their suits." Right, right, right. No, we're going to be filming no, several episodes. Same. I'm going to lose my tie though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we'll film several episodes a night. We'll just okay. reach him out. Sounds good. A little bit at a time. Sounds but, good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining the uh, fourth part podcast. Take care, guys. <laughs>